Eric's so-called preventive lightest. Eric, don't forget to put Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hi, welcome to today's podcast. It's our first ever podcast and had a kind of a nice long week and we figured why not start one? We get the kids to bed, they're sleeping as any normal 30-something-year-old couple will do. I figured that the kind of the format we're going to try to start with is just uh, kind of what what happened this week, what's what's new, what's interesting, and then kind of go into a, a different topic that's kind of unique to us as individuals so you, you can understand maybe who we are as people, and yeah, it might, it might be interesting. We'll see. What, uh, what happened this week? What happened this week? Our oldest son lost his first tooth. We took step one. We are going to buy... Family passes to Legoland. <laughs> so, Exciting stuff. <laughs> so the, the, the biggest thing, I'm not sure if the audience gets to hear that, is the biggest thing that happened this week is our oldest son lost his tooth. <laughs> the second biggest thing is I took step one. <laughs> hey, important to you, important to me. I had to deal with the meltdown of our oldest son freaking out because he was going to lose his tooth. I think he took tooth. it out in like record time too. It was like, it was loose in the morning and it was gone by the evening. <laughs> Well, because mom had ladies night, <laughs> so he had to have an excuse to come out of his room. <laughs> so as much as the, the tooth story is interesting, we're still debating on whether we're going to be doing the tooth fairy or what we're going to do with the tooth. We have it on the stove at some point here. We're going to have to figure out what we're going to do with that. Yeah. He's already asking for money. I know. First tooth. <laughs> <laughs> I never told him about the tooth fairy. Where where is he getting this from? (laughs) It wasn't me. So step one, obviously this is a kind of a medical school journey podcast. And obviously you you met my wife, Karen. Uh, We never actually introduced her in the beginning, so that's always good. But we have four kids. We're kind of revealing more about ourselves as we go along the podcast, kind of make it a journey and whatnot. But Four kids. Karen is my wife. Uh, she's staying home with the kids and keeping keeping the house under control while I do the medical school route. And yeah, as she said that, said that we just did step one yesterday. And so I think we initially wanted to try to do this before step one, but... Yeah, <laughs> this is like... a podcast we've been wanting to start since MCAT, but it just has not materialized mcat was a long time ago um (laughs) and so step one i I guess i gotta start with some ground rules i I can't talk about any particular question i can't divulge like hey make sure you know how to calculate gfr because (laughs) that wasn't the question just for the heads up but like I can't. I can't be like very specific. I think you know the integrity of the test and whatnot. No, uh, but I mean, this step is a new step test. We were we weren't gonna get results for six six weeks. Yeah, we're filming this in like early June. Uh, hopefully, we'll publish soon. Yeah, I think in early May. I think USMLE went to a new step program, and you know they, they're going to have a whole bunch of people take it. They're going to aggregate the scores, normalize them, whatever that is, and then you know sometime in July I'll get my my score. So I I could have uh, easily have just as much failed as much as passed <laughs> this step exam. 
Yeah, but so Eric's been spending the last, what, six, six and a half weeks yeah. studying? Yeah, the way our school does it, we, we have a fifth term, which is kind of a prep to step, and then you have a sixth term, which is your dedicated study time. Every medical school has a slightly different way they handle step one. This is how my school does it. After this, we start clinic or clerkships. Um, so I'll find out about that in sometime mid-July is provided. You know, crossing my fingers here, uh, we pass step one. But no, it's a for the uninitiated, uh, step one is uh, seven blocks of 40 questions. You have about a minute and a half per question. You, you, of course, that's an hour for every block. So it ends up being about seven hours of exam time plus 45 minutes or so a break. So for me, we... We wanted to, we had a deadline with the school. We had to get our scores by a certain date so we can start clerkships in mid July. Otherwise, we'd have to wait until September. It's we pretty... chose not to wait till September <laughs> because we didn't want to have a gap year because we've got a family of six. So having a gap year between clerkships and being able to apply for residency programs financially. That doesn't make sense. Less than ideal. Yes. We would make it work if we had to, but so, we we pushed for the earlier earlier start so we wouldn't have to have a gap year. Yeah, so we, we we did the process of registering and you know, I jumped I jumped right on to studying right after my fifth term scheduled. I was really kinda hoping to schedule the step date for like mid June and maybe late June because, you know, the scores aren't gonna come out until early July anyway, so what's the point? But there wasn't really anything available in the near vicinity. I ended up having to go to like Columbus, Georgia, so about an hour and a half away to take my step exam. Not not really, the that's not as bad as MCAT. I think MCAT had to go to Seattle. Uh, yeah, so we're originally from Washington, and we ended up going to a Trinity School of Medicine in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. We lived on, I lived on the beach. It was, you know, like a typical Caribbean school as you, uh, if you ever watch Scrubs, you know, it's, it's the Todd life. Not, not, it's not, not, at, not all. at all. Not at all. <laughs> I don't know. You guys actually might know more of this island now than what, like when we went, we oh, knew yeah, nothing been, of the island, the news, but it's been in the it? news because the volcano disrupted. We were actually quite lucky with timing. Like we went, COVID hit in January-ish, but it wasn't on the island. We lived like regular people. <laughs> there was like two, three weeks where they were like super cautious. They weren't really sure. Like half the student body left and went back to the States. More than half. Like, yeah, more than like half. like a dozen people who were left by the end of it. And then at some point, all the airlines shut down travel. And so there was there was like literally a point where it was like, okay, this is the last airline out. <laughs> and it's do like, we go do, we or go, do, we do we go or do we stay? <laughs> and like, well, we have six, family of six, four kids. We don't have a house back in Washington. So we would have to like bunk in with either... Um, Karen's family, parents yeah. or my parents and we did we did my parents for about two to four weeks before we left and that yeah. was it was cramped it was loud and we so we decided to stay on the island because there was we we weren't sure not that we aren't grateful for my parents taking us in but no 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 that's not it we just wanted to have uh, the ability to have quiet space for Eric to study and it ended up being good because some of the professors were still on the island so Eric got a lot of, you got a lot of practice with 
what Dr. Uh, Dr. Ibrahim let us practice some clinical skills that, yeah. that other terms weren't able to do because of the COVID situation. So it's obviously a, a unique time for medical students like to kind of joke sometimes we're getting our medical education as an online degree because by and large for at least you know six months it was an online program i mean it's only so many histo labs that you know you can do where you're looking at canvas screen share moving around at these tiny little slides and then like oh this is very important look at this hepatocyte a very nice hepatocyte but needless to say like i feel like our medical journey is probably not going to be the same as most like we went through medical school in the caribbean we went to medical school during the pandemic right at the end when we were leaving the island the volcano erupted we, we had left we and... had left and then the vo- volcano erupted we had great timing um and then, <laughs> then they got a, they got a whole bunch of covid cases yeah. too so they and had sharks was there sh- oh that's yeah. right yeah there was some yeah. sharks i'm not sure about what that all that was about but <laughs> so i mean overall like it was i it, it was a good experience living somewhere other than the u.s I don't think we realized how how blessed we were until we went somewhere else. We are glad to be back in the States. And for the next two-ish years, we will be here in Georgia until whatever residency program we get into. Yeah, that all depends on that score that we just... (laughs) Whatever that score is in one month. Um, So I do want to get to why we chose to get onto Trinity. But I guess staking on step one for just a little bit longer... Because I, I really can't impress of how important that, that exam is. And I mean, your first two years of medical school is really just get you to step one. And and I know January, I think the USMLE is switching to a pass-fail. So maybe that score isn't going to make a big deal anymore. For me, it, for me going into residency, I also have a three-digit score. And it means a lot. And then it doesn't mean those getting the pass-fail should just kind of go shrug and get the, that 194, 195, whatever it is to pass and be happy with it. It's obviously like a knowledge and confidence in how much you actually know and retain from your undergrad or undergrad and your general sciences. Well, and I think for us coming from a Caribbean school, we really wanted to push to have the step one done with the three-digit score because after it goes to pass failure, you're not necessarily certain how they're going to differentiate who, and it might be because of where you went to school or whatnot. And that, that's something that uh, kind of we wring our hands about a lot, especially at Caribbean schools. Um, really, if you go to medical school, you gotta you gotta try hard. You gotta work hard. I, I think more and more Caribbean school students are kind of going in with that mentality. It's kind of a second chance for a lot of people. And again, we're gonna get into that. But every medical student is trying to prove themselves that they actually belong that they're not an imposter but something that maybe if you haven't gotten into school if you're considering a Caribbean school something to kind of keep in the back of your mind because what's going to differentiate you from the U.S. medical schools that have name recognition you know and then of course Caribbean schools have their own reputations and that's something that we've certainly stressed about and I think we kind of settle on well I'm going to have a step score so I'll have that three-digit score. I'll be able to kind of point to that and say, hey, look, so standardized testing has shown that I rank 49th percentile. (laughs) We'll see what that, what it actually is. But at the end of the day, what's going to be helpful is your alumni. So if your school is good at placing students in residency programs, hopefully those students in residency, they have a good say on who the next resident class is going to be. And maybe they can put in the good word, 
And so you can get into a residency that you want because of previous students that have gone before you have built that relationship. Otherwise, if you're kind of fighting from scratch, it's going to be uphill battle. I think it's, it's, it's just tough. Why don't you talk about how what you've been doing for the past six weeks? Because you revised your st- studying yeah. a couple different times. Yeah, so I, uh, after fifth term, I, I started studying for step one, and I had a basic formula. And fifth term was basic; it was supposed to be just refine what I didn't know very well. And so this whole last six weeks was just to be better test taker. And so essentially, I would just do eighty questions in UWorld and RX, so USMLE RX. Uh, really good question banks in both of them. I think UWorld is a bit better. It's kind of considered the gold standard, and they know it. They, <laughs> you look at the price tag for US uh, UWorld, and they they know that they're they're good. But I think it's worth every every penny I spent on it. Yeah. Well, and you had you did Anki cards in the morning. So yeah. So I I spent first week or so just doing question banks and trying to hone in on my some weaknesses, and then trying to watch videos and. And kind of improve on those weaknesses and then every thursday because my step exam was on a thursday i would take a, a self-assessment probably the first three weeks my self-assessment was not good like it was passing but not anywhere near where i wanted to be um and i know there's people out there with lofty goals of getting like the the 260s two, you know 250 260 but honestly i'm, I'm aiming for 230 <laughs> two, you know 230 240 would be great and my, my first few weeks i was not i wasn't getting that so i did what every medical student probably has done and go on to reddit find yourself kind of going to this weird death spiral of um, other medical students who've got the similar anxiety, similar imposter feelings. And, and then, of course, there's the ridiculous people who are like, oh, my God, I, I've done the U-World question bank and I've got it 85% on it. And I've taken all these assessments that put me at 270. I don't know if I'm going to pass step. I'm so stressed out, guys. Yeah, just ignore those guys. Uh, <laughs> they are so annoying and good for them i mean if they're that smart we you know lord knows we need people in medicine that are smart it, it's not it's not impossible so I, I i did find one guy who 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 did score pretty well consistently and he was his advice was still you know kind of similar to what i was doing question banks um and i should clarify question banks on tutor mode so that you're reviewing every question that you do and that way you're learning. And even if you got it right, you're learning why the other answers were wrong and why your right answer was really right. Um, because sometimes we just guess really well. Sometimes we're really good guessers, uh, especially medical students. We can kind of eliminate some of the stupid answers and then we're like, well, I guess that one's it. So you, you kind of learn it on tutor mode. And that's kind of one tip. And the second one is when you run into a concept that you haven't nailed down, make an Anki card for it. And by the end of probably the last four weeks, I have over 700 Anki cards. So that kind of tells you where I was where I was at. Um, well, you had started the Anki cards back when you were still taking classes. I, I didn't, yeah, but I didn't adopt those ones for, oh. for Step. I, I made a whole new, new deck. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I made a whole new deck. And so I, I started my morning off just doing, you know, reviewing my Anki cards, uh, maybe... 180 170 160 something like that reviews a day and then and then i would do my q banks you know i would try to get as many q banks in as possible i i I don't really have a hard and fast 
recommendation like you should do 100 or you should do 80 do as many as you can get without burning out before the end of the day that's my advice yeah and since so and i think eric studying might be a little bit different than say a single person eric has a set like he leaves at 7 30 every morning he's he is he wakes up he says good morning to our kids he helps in the morning and then he leaves and then he doesn't get back until about 6 45 7 at night spends a little bit of time with the kids helps put the kids to bed can say good night to the kids and he's mostly done for the day and then him and i have an hour or two dinner tv whatever we're gonna do together and then when we go to bed he's typically on his phone doing more inky cards or question banks until 11 or so or i tell him to put the phone away and we go to bed (laughs) so his study schedule might be different and he takes sundays off sundays are family day like it's important for us that he is an active and, part of our kid's life. Yeah, and I want to be a, I want to be a part of being me is I'm, I'm not just a medical student, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, and so I mean I, I can't take a time out for 4 years and or 8 years or whatever it is and be like, "Well, I'm pursuing the doctor thing." Like the while Karen is a wonderful wife and maybe she can understand a little bit of that. A 6-year-old and and younger probably isn't going to get that. And I and I enjoy the kids are cool. The kids are the kids are kind of <laughs> kind of fun, and they and they they change nice change of pace. And I I, I do the group of guys at the school. We play soccer and some sports on Friday for maybe an hour or two hours. So get a little bit of exercise in, and we do it you know from Monday through Saturday, and that's what we do. And then Sunday is family and and i'm not the only one that does this i'm not the craziest per you know you'll see other medical students who do it so it's good that it's kind of keeping your priorities straight and i mean there you're working the nice thing was i had a a, kind of a carpool kind of having that accountability that you had to be up at a certain time for either them to pick you up or you to pick them up so you're all at at the study hall or at the school at a certain time to do your work and like again, four kids, it's really hard to study at home. Maybe a single person um, or just married, no kids might have better luck studying at home because there's less distractions, there's less noise. I needed the study hall, I needed the study rooms because noise doesn't make for good study and good concentration. You, you kind of just want to replicate your testing environment as much as possible. So yeah, well, and the kids, the kids know when when daddy's home. Yeah. <laughs> they they will stand at the bedroom door and scream daddy for however long. <laughs> so yeah, so we we did that all that for we kept you know kept doing assessments, doing question banks. I had reset my U World because uh, I used it during fifth term, and I used it all during fifth term. So I reset it, and I still got through about forty percent, and I. I got through, I started Rx as well, uh, starting this uh, sixth term, and I used almost all of USMLE Rx. Other resources maybe to plug a little bit is Sketchy and Pathoma. Like Sketchy will give you all the microbiology you're ever going to need by and large, and then Pathoma gives you all the pathology in a a really easy to understand way. But yeah, that's essentially a step. It's hard to it's hard to kind of put into words what that experience is like because it's, you know, you can kind of go through the data points like we did, seven blocks of 40, one hour per block, seven hours. 
And then you sit down, you're doing questions, you're marking ones to go back to, you're trying to keep track of the time because if you spend five minutes on a biostats question, which is totally possible, you're not going to have a lot of time to, to try to digest what that pathology question's about. And so you're just doing all that and you're selecting to take a break or not take a break. I, I took like 20 minutes break and I just I chugged my five hour energy, ate a cliff bar and was like, just get this done with. And at the end of it, it's kind of, I don't know, you kind of feel liberated and you also kind of feel worried because you, you go back to your classmates, you go back home and everyone's like, oh man, you did it. How was it? And it's like, well, you know, like there's a lot of questions you could, <laughs> I got right. And there was a few that I'm not sure about. I was like between two. And then there's like a, a small handful that I was just like, I've never seen this before in my life. And that's just the way it is. But I think everyone by and large has that kind of experience. And then your fellow classmates might be taking step in a week or a day. And it's hard to you kind of start a little bit of self-doubt like oh my gosh if I would have just waited two more weeks then how much more confident would I have felt leaving that exam but you also kind of hailed as a bit of a hero in a way like you you walk in and everyone's like you're like a weight off you you have a whole bunch of weight off your shoulders you're like a new man life's life's gonna be easy you have a month off that is, those are nice things yeah well and I would say Eric jumped in right after fifth term like he took the weekend off and then he started up on Monday as opposed to some of the other students who... Maybe went to Disney World. Yeah, Disney World or di- yeah, family they, vacation or... Yeah, they took a couple weeks off. They took a couple weeks off. And they're the ones that are taking their test in like a week or two. So really, they actually had the same amount of study time. But they were more relaxed about it. And I, I, I don't know. But Eric can't really fail. Like, <laughs> we have a lot writing on this. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, and I know he goes in with that mentality. So, like, even when we were on the island, like, a lot of people would rent catamarans and go. And a lot of people would take, like, take vacations to other islands or... Some people have seen every island in the Grenadines. Yeah, we did not, we did not hike the volcano before it blew, like a lot of people did. Probably should have done that, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, we took one trip to Beckway when we were there during, during a break. It was nice. That was a beautiful beach. Friendship beach. Yes. We did not go swim with the turtles. We did not, like, all these things. Let's rip off, don't do that. Yes, don't do that. Um, they actually import turtles. It's really horrible. And they feed them like random things that actually the turtles can't really eat. <laughs> besides, <laughs> besides, <laughs> besides the point. The point was there. There's a lot of ways to get distracted, and even on the island, which, I mean, there wasn't re- as much as there was stuff to do. There wasn't really a lot of. Like, there was no movie theater on the island. Yeah, this wasn't... You couldn't, was, You wouldn't say this was third world. Like, the island wasn't, like, dilapidated and terrible, but it was, certainly was not... You don't have the same creature comforts as you would have in the United States. No, like, at Christmas, there was no eggs. Or for a while, there, there was no... You could not buy chicken. Or, like, so... It's an island, so you, it's an island, certain so you, things are in stock when the boats show up, and the certain things are not in stock, and then... For three months, you have one product that's on the shelf, and then suddenly it's gone. it's gone, and then you have a completely different product that's on the shelf, and you just kind of shrug and go, I guess we're going to have to adapt. Or you just buy a lot of the stuff that you like yeah. and stock it like a hoarder. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I, I I think really the mentality, when you, when you start medical school from beginning to end, 
Like you kind of have to have the same attitude throughout. And when you, when you start relaxing is when you start not succeeding as well. Yeah, like just, you lose just your focus. At... It's, but even medical school, it's a challenge. And I mean, I, I, I took seven years from when I was an undergrad to get into medical school. I wasn't applying every year. To, to, don't get me wrong, but no, we got I, married and had had four kids. <laughs> yeah, so we did all that in the seven years before less than we got, we had four kids in like five six years or something like that. But in either case, first few maybe months or terms. You're just trying to figure out how to learn, because um, what what it might have worked in undergrad, where you just kind of skim through the PowerPoint slides that your professor put out or your study guides, and we'll do a few practice questions, and you're like, I'm good to go, I got this, and like some of you guys are naturally talented, like good for you, you 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 naturally remember a lot of things. Medical school is just a whole different animal. Like you get tested on some of the the craziest concepts, things, kind of styles of testing that you just haven't really. Maybe maybe you haven't seen, and the first couple years is the well, first not couple years, but the first few terms is just figuring out how to study for these exams because they are brutal. I think one of the fun the funniest stories is after our anatomy, was it midterm? I think it was um, yeah. after our anatomy in midterm, which is notoriously difficult. Doctor Diaz, who is a wonderful lady, but her tests are brutal. But like I left because you 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 hit. You hit submit on your exam and you get your score. And I was not happy with my score. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a doctor. And I know like 40% of the anatomy. I got better than 40%. <laughs> I got better than 40%, but it was, that was rough. But Karen was meeting me. Um, I picked him up that day and he came out and he was pissed. And I'm just like, well... If it makes you feel any better, the previous two girls that came out were crying. So, <laughs> so you did fine. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of what better because like it was that after that you you kind of you take a moment, you try to figure out what went wrong, you try to figure out what you need to do to adjust, and you got to adjust. Um, yeah, if you stick with the same study methods throughout, you probably like you probably won't do very well. Um, well, unless you're unless you're unless, unless you're, you're naturally like, unless that's that's working. If it's not working, then you got to fix it. If it's if it's working, yes. But we've know we've known people that that they are no. That's not how I learn. No, yeah, that's not like, how I learn. And it's like, just like well, you have to try something new because obviously what you're doing is not working. But like you you started sketchy what third term? Uh, just at the end of third term. And pathoma, you started. I started. Sec- no, I sorry, I started that one third term. Okay. End yeah. of third term. Yeah. So as and he'd watch the sketchy videos with the kids. It was pretty dang funny. It put it put would put the kids to sleep. They were not happy to put them to sleep. <laughs> they were brilliant. They're not that <laughs> The kids did not appreciate my, them. My, they wanted their animated shows. It, it's, it's one of those things you get kind of excited about stuff that you're learning about. Like I, I really enjoyed the the sketchy meningitis or gone um Nyseria meningitis sketchy and it is hilarious in my opinion because the narrator just keeps going back to communism and it just cracks me up and I tried like sharing it with my dad and no nobody got it nobody got it like they're just like what is this but but because like... he was a communist <laughs> it's like okay well how long is this video? It's only five minutes, guys. Calm down. 
But the point is, use the resources that are available to you. Try different things within reason. And I, I do think that our community as a school is a lot nicer than most medical school communities. Because as much as you, they, you are in competition with each other, I feel like... You're not pitted against each other. You're not pitted against each other. So people are more willing to, this is what worked for me. These are, these are good resources. Like, we got past a lot of things. We did pay for a year of UWorld. Yeah, we paid for UWorld, paid for USMLERX. Anyway, so take take resources, try to try to adjust. I don't want to tackle every topic here, but we kind of keep talking about Caribbean school. So why why did we end up at a Caribbean school? Well, based on the MCAT score, we loaded that into whatever, and we applied to the schools that it said that we had a good chance of getting into. Good as in like better, better than one percent, but not great. It wasn't it wasn't like a fifty fifty toss up. It, no. <laughs> it um, wasn't like, yeah, a lot of a lot of people with your score get into it was like, look, a few people get into this school with your score. Yeah. We had <laughs> one interview in a US school and then we had the one uh, DO uh, DO school out in Yakima. Yep. And we had one for Trinity. We applied for Trinity over the other Caribbean schools cuz one, we can't speak Spanish. Two, they actually do place you in clinicals and help you with residency where other Caribbean schools do not. And then their attrition rate was very I don't good. think they actually really broadcast their attrition rate. I don't think many many Caribbean schools will broadcast their attrition rates. But they, they did have reasonably decent step pass rates. I'll be completely honest. I wasn't. I don't think I put as much thought into the Caribbean school. I mean, we, we put definitely put thought into it. We, it wasn't like a just a knee-jerk reaction. We didn't just end up in the Caribbean school. We did not apply to all of the Caribbean schools. We, we applied only to, to one. Trinity, yes. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't even really like... We kind of made it sound like we, we applied to a bunch of U.S. schools and we applied to Trinity. Like, that's not exactly... No. We applied to U.S. <laughs> schools. We gave it a deadline of if we don't hear back, we are going to apply to... Caribbean school. It was like like it was like October or or December. Like so. No, we found out in December. Right, right. But we, we I think we applied because like the application. I, I want to say it was like May for the U.S. Medical School application mm-hmm. services, and then they have like I don't know. It was like June, July. They do a lot of interviews. And that's when we had our interview. And usually, some schools are really good about getting back to you pretty quick if you've been selected or if you're waitlisted or whatever it is and then we were kind of like well we still have like a dozen applications out there that they haven't asked us to do an interview but they haven't told us we were rejected and that i think a lot of them were also like here send us a secondary application which is right. what is which i'll be honest like that is the one of the most frustrating things about the application process is you'll do these primary applications which is a pain because you're you're pouring everything in, all your extracurriculars, all your all your transcripts, and you're typing in all your grades, you're punching all those digits in, and then you're asking for all your schools to send your, your tr- transcripts in, and then you, you pay a bunch of money <laughs> to send these applications far and wide. And not to mention you get that personal statement, like you really should spend some time making a good personal statement because 
if they read it, they, they you want them to actually be impressed by it, or at least you know take notice, not not have generic. You know, I did a a foreign mission, medical mission, and it changed my life. Not not, not something so generic, but <laughs> something unique to your experiences. And I'll say, like, I, I did. We did the application twice. We did two cycles. Yeah, we did two cycles. And the first one, my personal statement sucked buckets. I reread it probably a year later, and I was like, I just hate everything about this. I was trying to shoehorn everything into like some ridiculous word count, like four hundred words or something like that. I was like trying to cram every little detail into this thing, and it just was not a good personal statement. And then I redid it. That one had a few drafts, and I actually really liked it. Yeah, we also had um, one of my coworkers at the time. Her son had was already in medical school. He was in school. medical school. She had two sons in medical school. Yep. And so we had, since she helped her sons write theirs, we had her read over and edit as well. Just an extra set of eyes outside of our immediate mm-hmm. family. Yeah, yeah. So you you put all that work into your primary application. You spend a bunch of money, and then some of these schools just give you that knee jerk. Here, send us your secondary application. And some people are very good and like they have a strong application. And so, yeah, that secondary is obviously the next logical step. But some schools, like it was OHSU, sent me a secondary application, and I was like, okay, great. Wait a minute. Would you even consider me? an applicant and there's actually a little there's a few lines in there like oh yeah if your gpa in undergrad wasn't this mark basically don't even bother and it's like then why are you sending me a secondary application that you asking have to me pay for ask me to pay like 75 extra bucks for you're not even gonna look at it like <laughs> this is such a scam i'm sorry and it's on it's I mean it's on you you're you get you have access to the website you have access to everything so you can you can look it up and be, you can kind of go, yeah, I don't have a chance. Uh, I, I, I know I applied to OHSU. It's kind of my long shot because, like, hey, they're right across the river. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't even have to move to go to OHSU. <laughs> but then there was other schools. And I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to drag U.S. medical schools. They're, they're obviously the best for a particular reason. But there was a DO school in Oregon that I applied to both cycles. I liked them. I had toured them a few times when I was an undergrad. And they were basically like, well, what we would need you to do, a good opportunity. I think even the school I interviewed at did the same thing. They were like, we have a master's in public health or medical sciences. And it's a two-year program. And there's no guarantees. But if you take two years full-time, in this master's of public education, you could be a stronger applicant on the next application cycle when after you take the master's program. And it's like, okay, $24,000, let's do the math. $24,000 a year plus whatever you need to pull out because if you're doing full-time graduate level work, you probably are not working. So $24,000 a year plus living costs. And for me, add in costs to support family. And then... So, and then for the privilege of applying, if you, again, if you get good grades, you should get good grades. Like, that doesn't seem like a good gamble. Right. $50,000 for another shot at it. Like, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't, I can't gamble on that. Like, that. Right. So, when we got to a point where we didn't think that we were going to get into a, a U.S. medical school, that's when we sent out applications for the Caribbean schools and we or the Caribbean well, the school Caribbean one. School. Um, well, we, we had a cousin, like a distant cousin, that 
has is going has gone to this school right and we heard back really quick yeah and we in the interview with the school we knew that they had read the personal statement because she she referenced back to what he had written she'd read back lines out of it like right and that's not that's not the experience you got from the interview process either like the people would like the first time they saw your application is when they when you sat down in front of them during the mmis and they're like oh so you did this it's like okay it's your first time reading my application great (laughs) yeah and they set us up i was able to talk with families that were already on the island kind of get a feel for for everything so that portion was good there were things that the school did not do well but for the most part, like the whole application process and interview process, I thought they did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it a lot better. I did go with Eric on his interview for the U.S. school, and I felt like they took the wives aside and they had they gave us a tour. Of, well, of you the were school. kind of an afterthought. Like it was. Yes, I was basically told you're never going to see your husband for the next eight years, <laughs> and you better get used to being a single mom. And I was sitting there thinking. I don't think you have your priorities straight Um, (laughs) because we we are going through this medical journey to better support our family, but it is for the family. So family, while I do realize that the family is going to be set aside at times, like, the like, family is still important, like, and you I'll, can't I'll, just ignore that. I'll for sure, probably miss like if they had new sports, I'll miss ball games, I'll miss you know soccer games or whatever. I'll, like I'm, I'm certainly not going to be as present as probably the guy. You know, anybody who does a blue collar job is nine to five. Like, right. But we are working towards like we are working towards things that Eric can ju- that, that can be special with Eric and the kids. Like right now, when Daddy gets home, we get out the iPad and. Daddy and Oliver and Nora. Sorry, I shouldn't say the kids' names. It's fine. But um, they play Mario Kart. That's their little thing. That's the only time of the day that they get to play that. They're so terrible at it. They're it doesn't matter. They're, they drive straight into They're the six and four. They're not, but they look. They are so excited for it. That's their time with Daddy. So we try and make those memories, and we know that we are going to be moving quite a bit. So. We also are like trying to stay low on like what toys we have and what things we have. So I think, I think we're not sure yet. I mean, Christmas is a ways off, but we might get like a switch or something or a gaming system or something so that that is their time with daddy. Just just what we want to tell all the folks and that are going to spend (laughs) the first two years being told by any pediatrician going screen time, limit, limit screen time. And then we're like... We're going to get a Nintendo Switch. We break out the iPad. It's like, oh my gosh. It's only daddy time. Ugh. It's fine. We also have a place that outside, yeah. but it's Georgia. It's freaking hot. It, the island was freaking hot. Like It's been hot. That it's was the, hot that the, was the one thing about the island that we were so I was so disappointed with because disappointed ev- in it being warm. <laughs> well, like but it was so warm that the kids did not want to be outside. We spent most of our time well, on the island inside. Was it so much like it was warm as much as like everything was tile and like you couldn't go outside barefoot and without burning yourself? Oh yeah. If you do end up going to a Caribbean school, all of your devices, all of them. Uh, just this one particular Caribbean school. All all islands. Is it true for all islands? Okay. Yeah, it's the sand. Is it really? It's the sand. Huh. They expect it to be tra- tracked in so they have the the the, the tile. tile is is the best, oh. easiest to clean. 
Okay. Sand in the water. Yeah. yeah it destroys it technology. It destroys technology. You better have good cases for everything. Yeah. And if you ha- have kids, doubly good cases. So kind of as a recap, did two application cycles, did two MCATs. I'm in medical school now, so I don't really care. Uh, I got a 491 on my first MCAT, and that sucks. I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie. That, that I'm not surprised medical school has passed on me in application yeah. cycle well, one. And it was, what, six... Six years post? Yeah, that's what I, my under, last undergrad class was six years prior. And then we took the MCAT again and got a 500, which isn't, I mean, that's not something you, you necessarily can brag about, but it's not terrible. It's not the worst score you could ever get. I think one admissions person kind of mentioned to me that 500 is there, there was some sort of correlation between scoring a 500 and knowing that you would probably pass step one and so it wasn't a terrible score it wasn't it was not a good score but you also were told that most people do not make that large of a jump in scores from one end cap to the next yeah there's a there's like a most people end up in like three points plus or minus the initial score so you don't generally move around a whole lot yeah. but in either case took it MCAT a second time reapplied a second time we got one interview I am almost certain we applied to about a dozen schools. Some school... 17? 17. Okay. We got a good number of secondary applications. We got lots of rejection letters. And then we also got... We we never... We got ghosted by a good number of schools. I kind of feel like common courtesy would be is if I sent you a bunch of money, you can at least send me a letter saying no thanks. And we're keeping the money. <laughs> that's that's totally fine. Like, I just wish some schools could you know could do. I know they get like thousands of applications, but at the very least, you know, like an automated system. Like, yeah. But so we did all that. I think you had told me because I think I was talking to you and was like, "Look, I don't I don't want to do this a third third round. Like this is this is just soul crushing." And you were like, "Well, let's give it till like September." I think so. And. Then we'll look at the Caribbean options. And then I get my cousin. We talked to my cousin. We talked to a whole bunch of people. We applied. We got an interview almost right away. And we got accepted almost right away. And then that's when we... And they would have actually taken us in May. But we... Yeah, they they start multiple. We actually could have started in January. Yeah, we we (laughs) opted. So at the time I was pregnant. So we opted to go to start in September? September. September. Um. So that I would have had a U.S. baby (laughs) and we had time to get a passport. So we moved when our youngest was three months old. We sold, so we gave ourselves, we found out in December. So we gave ourselves about what, eight, nine months to sell our house, quit our jobs, sell our possessions. All of our possessions. (laughs) All of our possessions and pack up our four kids and move. And fly, fly to a, a foreign nation that we've never been to before to spend well over a year there. Yep. Just to have a shot at medical school. Yep. And I think it was a good decision. I And I, I think that out of Caribbean schools, hearing stories from other Caribbean schools and having other students transfer to our Caribbean school, I think we made a good choice for our family. And maybe at some point Trinity will tell us to not use their name. But so as far as I'm aware, they have not told me I cannot use their name. I'm not aware of not. So we're a Trinity Medical School uh, on St. Vincent's and the Grenadines. This is the school that we you do your first two years of under, um, not undergrad, um, basic sciences. 
And then you do your two years now in clinical clinicals in is in Georgia or clerkships, clinicals. There's a lot of good things about the school. There's, a, there's obviously some negatives. Uh, not every school is perfect. I think they just, they do try. But some of the big selling points, in my opinion, on the school is, is that when you come in, there is a clerkship spot for you. They're not, I mean, the school does accept a lot of people. And there, there's a, always a wonder, like, if the school has rejected anybody and mind you that they have dismissed people from the school for academic performance they have dismissed people for disciplinary performance or whatnot if if you if you're a good student there is a spot for you like there are some caribbean schools where they'll bring in a thousand people and they only have like 150 clinical spots so over the next two years they're going to whittle that class down to 150 people and that's some schools, not every school. But Trinity says, you make it all the way past fifth term, we have a clinical spot for you. And, it, and like you mentioned it earlier, it's an actual clinical rotation that they have hunted down, got a preceptor for, they pay the preceptor, and you have a, you know, you follow them around and do your, all your um, cores and electives. Some schools say, go figure it out. Yeah, and <laughs> Trinity does give you the option. You you can pick some electives, and they will help work with you to find those, but those are more so on you. The, Trin the Trinity has electives that you can use, ones that Trinity has. If you want to have a particular elective, like if I want to go back to Washington and follow one of the doctors I used to work for, Trinity will kind of help me facilitate that, and they have a money stipend that will help pay for that situation because the doctor is taking on some risks, and you basically pay the doctor to teach you. So Trinity will do that, but so you have, you have those options. Trinity has some pretty good options when it comes to that. So there's a lot of really kind of good things about Trinity. And again, there's, there's pluses and minuses, but by far I was, I've been pretty happy with the, the education and the support that we've gotten as students that other students really may not have. And we are hitting almost an hour mark oh yeah we've, we've talked did. about more than what we were thinking we were going to yeah so <laughs> so that, that's kind of what's going on this week step we have a month off so i'm not sure what we're going to chat about next week probably you know the physicals and the, the urine drug test that i'll have to take <laughs> all those exciting things but have a good night and have a great week